Our world is lost in unnecessary fear and hurt. Our systems seem scientifically engineered to make you small, powerless, and always waiting for the next great leader who will fix the problems around us. Worse, we're witnessing neighbor versus neighbor while warfare breaks out around our family tables. But you have access to a spirit, a strength that enlarges and empowers you. Even better, you don't need to wait for the next big movement. You can heal the world. It's time for governance by Grace. Welcome to Gracearchy with Jim Babka. You ever have that moment where you've said something that was so good, you just wish you'd written it down or recorded it so you could have it, you know, for posterity later on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody knows why I'm laughing yet. I'm laughing. Uh, nobody knows well, why. Will. They will. So we, we, there was a moment like that. A moment like that happened. It happens a lot. But a moment like that happened. And fortunately, uh, it was Jim's moment and it was recorded. And we want to share that with you today. So before we do all of that, I want to give proper credit where credit is due here because Jim's appearance on the Gary Nolan show, June 8th of 2023, right, uh, it was profound. And uh, Jim shared the recording well, with me. You. And I'm like, yes, we got we to gotta do this. We've got to do thank this. You. So uh, proper credit. So Gary Nolan show is on the Zimmer Communications Network, the Eagle 93.9 out of Columbia, Missouri. You can listen every day of the week. And uh, Jim comes on on Think Tank Thursdays around 9.35 Central Time. And so what we want to do is we're going to offer you a couple of segments from that show today of some amazing things that Jim said. So Jim, set it up for us. Well, the first part had to do with understanding uh, the ways that the government robs us, and particularly through inflation, and that mo uh, how most people don't understand this. And then uh, how what people can do as a result of this information. What are some of maybe the first? I covered two first two steps basically to take. Got it. So that, that's the first segment. I'm going to run this. Thank you, Gary. And um, by the way, I should say sponsored by the Zero Aggression Project. Grace Arkey in its second season now. Here's the clip from Gary's show. 935. Glad to have you with us. Show Me Institute coming. Right now, Jim Babka is with us. Uh, Grace Harkey, uh, you can go on all these platforms, uh, YouTube and Stitcher or Stritcher or whatever the hell it is. I don't even know. He's on all of them. Uh, you, you hardly fire up your computer without seeing this guy. Uh, Jim Babka, good morning. That actually be true. Hey, could you repeat for me and for the audience when uh, Mr. Hedlund's coming on? Uh, Mr. Hedlund is coming on exactly one half hour from now. Okay, I, I 10, want to catch that. 10.05. I think it's important uh, everybody actually know what was done in that deal. This is, this is something that's actually going to impact everyone's life that's listening. They should know. Uh, yes, they should. It was a stinker. Uh, you and I were talking about inflation. Um, and I don't know, is that where you want to jump in on this conversation? Because I, I thought it was f uh, fascinating, your view on this. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, that would be a great place to start. Um, so most people, when they think about inflation and the damage that it does, they focus only on the first level, which is called price inflation. So, you know, you notice that uh, three, four years ago, you're paying 89 cents for a dozen eggs. And now you walk into the grocery store and now you're paying 249 and you go, oh, what a travesty. I'm paying so much more for eggs. But it's like this across the board with any object we can pick. And groceries seem to get particularly hit hard during the, this inflationary wave. But everything went up in price pretty dramatically. And everybody focuses on that price cost increase, that price inflation. Now, that's a tax. That's money that got taken away from you. The federal government printed it so that they could have had it printed for them. 
and loan to them so they could spend that money first when it was worth the most value. And everybody, but when the left, the right, and, and even liber, most libertarians talk about inflation, this is the only level upon which they focus. But it's just the first one. The second one is that after you notice that your eggs are now costing you two forty nine, you go to your boss and you say, "Boss, eggs are costing me two forty nine." Now you probably didn't say those words literally, but you said something effective. I need a raise, and he said, "Yep, I need to give you a raise because I don't want you to leave." And he gives you a raise, and you now think, "Man, I'm, I've licked the world. Problem solved. I'm now making more money." But the federal, same federal government that inflated your currency bases their taxation system on how much money you make. And so uh, as you go out and you buy inflated goods, uh, you pay greater sales tax. And now that you're making more money on your income, you pay greater income tax, federal, state, and local. You pay greater uh, uh, payroll tax, your Social Security and Medicare tax. All that stuff goes up. Okay? So they got you coming and they got you going. You got robbed two different ways. Still not done. There's a third level, and this is the one that everyone ignores. So in a normal economic situation, the technology has def- causes deflationary pressure. What that means is, very simply, is the things that you paid a certain amount for at, at a time past, you pay far less today. Okay? So I, there's an example I like to, uh, that, I, that I favor here right now. Uh, I have a, uh, a, a very nice Hewlett-Packard uh, piece of equipment from the early 90s. It was a financial calculator. I, I used it because I was a real estate investor and then as subsequently a realtor. Uh, in the 90s. And so in the early 90s, I bought this thing, and I don't recall how much I paid for it. I'm going to have to do some research to go back and figure out what that was, but I'm going to guess it was about $80 at the time. Well, on my phone or on my desktop, I have a device that will give me not only a free calculator, but it'll if I want other types of calculating power, I can do a Google search and find all of those things for free. I don't have to pay $80 to go buy a machine that I carry around anymore. I get all of that stuff for free. Technology has deflationary power. This should apply across the board. We call this concept more with less. The more technology is applied to a situation, the more innovation that we create, the less everything in your life should cost. So you should be in a situation where instead of worrying about having to pay 89 cents for eggs, let alone 249, you should have been in a situation where you start paying 69 cents for eggs, then 59, and then 29, and then nine, nine cents for a dozen eggs, and and, and that would be the world that you would be able to live in, where you would be able to buy massive amounts of goods and services. You would literally be, and here's the key word, wealthier, wealthier, if they weren't inflating everything away. But they have to inflate the system. The system is entirely built on debt. Fiat currency is a debt-generated instrument, so the more debt that's out there, the more debt they create, the more spending power they have. They let you in on a little bit of this. They let you get in debt, too. They're, they're, they're more than happy to take your money that way as well. They'll encourage you to take on debt, so, uh, and people are doing that because they think, you know, this is what's going to happen. And the way that they pay, that they compensate all this debt is that they inflate the currency. So the debt drives the inflation, but this can't go on forever, and we're already seeing the cracks in the system. And we will come upon a point where one of two things futures is going to be in front of us. We will either have a total totalitarian system that controls you in every way that you move and and, and breathe, or, I mean, they're just going to keep taking away liberty, or uh, they're going to destroy you economically. They're going to destroy the value of everything that you have and just take it from you. And we had a trial run at that during COVID. They destroyed a lot of small business during COVID. 
So I'm, I'm suggesting to you that we've been hitting inflation three different ways and that the world that we should be living in right now should be so much dramatically wealthier. George Judson was born last year. And I'm only half kidding when I say this. We should be looking at flying cars by now. I mean, and and I use that metaphorically. I don't mean that literally. I mean, like, the idea that the world that we should be in should be so much wealthier, so much brighter, so much healthier than we could have possibly dreamed right now. But we've been having multi-generational wealth theft going on. And we keep voting harder for it. You know, if um, economists always use widgets as their you know, the product. So let me use widgets in your example. Uh, if the widgets were 50 cents a piece a few years ago, and now they're $2 a piece, and you say they should actually be 10 cents a piece, we should have gone the other way. Well, the people who make widgets would be making less money, wouldn't they? So money is just like what we have, for what our money right now, you have to, first of all, account honestly for what, what a dollar is. So a dollar is a Federal Reserve accounting unit the dollar, a fraud, F-R-A-U-D, Federal Reserve Accounting Unit, the dollar. It's just merely a a unit of accounting that belongs to the government, right? They can say that the economy grew or contracted by this much based on a dollar, but a dollar has no intrinsic value. It's backed by nothing, okay? What matters at the end of the day is wealth, personal wealth. How much ability do you have to buy things? Can you buy more with less money? And if you are able to buy more, if you were able to live like a king on minimum wage, why would you not? Why would you need to make more than minimum wage? Like, why? That would be great. Like, if minimum wage, like, you know, everybody's saying we need to get to a livable wage, $15 an hour. That was the magic number back in 2019. Do you remember 2019? I know it's a long time ago, but that was the magic inherent number we had to get to. Well, it's the economy. It's all there. Like, go, go down the street. You know, the fast food joints are having trouble finding people uh, for less than $15 an hour. They can't do it. Right. So we got the number. How much wealthier do we all feel now? Because we got the $15. What matters is your purchasing power, your ability to acquire goods and services. So if all goods and services go down in cost, you do not need to make as much, as many frauds to get to your destination. As many frauds. I love that. Um, so we're stuck with this then. We're going to have inflation forever as long as, uh, is there any way out of this? There, there is, and, and I, you know, as time goes by, I want to get into some of what those things are. But for today, I just want to hammer on something that we've been hammering on up to this point, and that is uh, that at the macro level, at the macro level, we have to get our government under control, and we need to stop pretending like just because we're getting a check out of them that this is a good deal. This is not. Um, uh, we, the older generation is ripping off the younger generation. The younger generation went to a college they couldn't afford, and they, they're, you know, they're put themselves in hock. We have, we just, we have problems across the board. And every time some politician has come along and says, "I feel your pain," and started to offer to lift the burden off of your shoulder, uh, what they did in order to do that is they stole from someone. And until we com- concretely recognize that pattern that every single time they offer to help us out with one of our problems that they have to steal from somebody in order to do it. And by the way, you get stolen from too. You're going to get stolen from from this and then all the other things that they're giving away to buy votes as well. Until we get to that point and we start choosing different people, and, and I think they have to be people who are not necessarily Republican or Democrat, we're going to be in this position. On a micro level, the very, 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 very first thing I would tell everybody to do on this call is to get out of debt. Get out of debt. Make it your highest 
priority to get out of debt. Don't carry debt you don't need to carry. Don't do that. Now, there are people who are really super sophisticated that can do things like talk about good debt, bad debt. 95% of the people out there, maybe 99% of the people out there, it's great theory, cannot have the discipline or the attention time on all the different things they're going to need to do to actually play a debt game and win. So don't do it. Just don't do it. Pay off the things that you have so that you have something solid and you own and you have disposable income. Live beneath your means the entire time because the more in debt you are, when this thing collapses, the more it's going to hurt. Jim Babka, uh, Grace Arkey, and uh, do you, or just look up Jim Babka on the uh, interwebs. We've got we to just take a quick commercial break so that I can get out of debt, uh, and then uh, we'll come back. On the Gary Nolan Show, it's the Simmer <laughs> Radio Network. It's uh, it's 9.51. Jim Babka is with us. Grace Arkey, or just look up Jim Babka uh, on your favorite platform. So, uh, I, you know, it's kind of motor mouth that out right there. That came out as fast as it possibly could because you're in the confines between commercial space and having a conversation. It's very time time limited to get those points across, but we covered a lot of ground. What I think won't be obvious, Bill, is why we ended up, uh, when we come back from the commercial break, the fi- that we did a second segment, why we went where we went, and yeah, why, it, was, where, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Okay, the reason we went there is uh, so this is a discussion of the wasted vote argument, and this yes. is a, 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 a full disclosure. I vote tend to vote libertarian, and I describe myself at least as a small libertarian. Right, I am used to hearing. Uh, I was, in fact, I was the press secretary for Harry Brown in 2000, the nominee. So, I mean, I mean I've got some credentials on this. I'm, I'm, uh, libertarians get this, this argument made to them that they should vote. And in Gary's case, he's going to raise whether or not we should vote for the slower road to hell, uh, to preserve yeah. time. So we discussed that and our audience is primarily Republican. I mean, the most, the majority of his audience is Republican. And so we discussed it in that context, but the, I could reverse this on, on anybody. And I thought it was a, not only it's a condensed, really uh, a version of some of the best arguments on that. We kind of walk through the problem with that in just a couple of minutes, but it ties directly into what we were discussing before, which is that uh, the macro problem of the fact that our budget is, is, is going to destroy us the way the government's running right now. So th- there's that's the bridge that takes us over the commercial break into this discussion of how to vote as a result. I had a philosophical question for you this morning, and I want to I want to talk about this on the air before we run out of time. The Democrats are going to take us over the cliff. Fiscally, they want socialism. They keep raising taxes if they can. They increase spending. They're always out there saying something should be free. Republicans aren't far behind. They seem unprincipled. Uh, when they're in charge, the spending continues to skyrocket. They'll cut taxes, but not spending. They won't address the biggest problems. So, you know, I vote libertarian uh, because for me, that's the one party that is principled and will, you know, is, is going to stand on the Constitution. The problem here is they're not winning in the federal level. So do you want to slow down the, uh, you know, the, the approach to the cliff by a couple of years and vote Republican? Would that be better than, you know, letting the Democrats step on the gas and take us over the edge? 
Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. When you step into the voting booth, how many ballots do you get? I get one. No, seriously. Like, how many ballots do you get? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I, you, 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 your vote is going to change the outcome of the election, right? Well, right, collectively. I only, I only get one as well. Yeah, I only but, get one as well. But collectively, if all of those no, ones. No, no, you don't have collective. You only have yourself. You don't, like, do other people give you their ballots? I don't understand. No, but if we decide that this is the direction we're going to go and we step in, we all vote the same way, or a majority of us do, and that determines the outcome of an election. Okay, but I, I, I'm still back to the, your ballot booth. Uh, you only had one ballot. Yes. And you didn't, it's a secret ballot, so you didn't even know what everybody else, if they even kept their end of the deal, did you? What? So you're going to go into the ballot booth and you're going to pretend as if you have the ability to pick the president of the United States or the governor of your state or even the mayor of your town. But you don't. You only have one thing, and that's your accountability uh, to, to your own principle, your own values, and, and if you have a relationship with your God. That's all you have. You step in a booth alone, and the, the sacred act you're going to commit at that moment is whether or not you're going to vote for your values and your principles. Because voting for the lesser of two evils always gets evil, always. Evil's in the equation. So that doesn't work, and, number, and, and you don't have any control over the outcome of the election. All you have control over is your own personal conduct and the expression of your values. So when I step into that booth and I vote libertarian, because that's what I tend to do too, I am at least saying this system that's here, I want to register my dissent from it. I don't consent to what's being done. What I think is being done here is wrong and immoral. And maybe my voice is drowned out, but it's, oh, I've only got one. I've only got one ballot. And if you, by the way, figure out a way to take more ballots in there, they would punish you for that pretty hard. In fact, everybody would join in on it. They would join in on the stoning of you for having more than one ballot when you stepped in there. You've just got one chance to express your value and your principle there. Are you going to do the right thing? Well, or you if, gonna- I vote, if I vote with a majority of conservatives, and, and it is the, uh, the common definition, you may not agree with it, but if I vote with, with them... Perhaps we go over the cliff, we have a little more time, maybe we can fix things. But if I vote Libertarian, boy, you're going to love this. Uh, if I vote Libertarian, then the Democrats likely to get in. And then we go over the cliff even faster. And, and then we don't have any chance at all. So maybe I should okay. vote Republican. First, we actually know this. There's been tons of data on this. In, in the states that are more Democrat, we hurt the Democrats more. In the states that are more Republican, we hurt the Republicans more. It, 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 it evens out, by the way. It pretty well evens out. So you're not, we're not subtracting anything. Second, my vote doesn't belong to any particular party or politician before it goes in. Now, technically, the same thing is true of you. The difference here is whether or not you're psychologically trapped. You could be psychologically trapped into a system where you want to be gaslighted. You have Stockholm Syndrome, and you can't quite see that you, that you have this freedom. But your vote belongs to you. It doesn't belong to either party. It doesn't belong to any particular movement. You can decide what to do with it when you step into that booth. It's a secret. No one knows. It's just between you and God at that point. Now, again, the question comes up, will you do the right thing? Because you voting with that block doesn't change the outcome of it. Listen, Gary, if the election came down today and we were electing a congressman or a senator or a governor or a president, and it was down to the one vote and the one vote turned out to be yours, they'd have a recount and get rid of your vote. (laughs) Uh, You really don't trust the system at all, do you? 
I don't trust this voting thing. I think this is all a farce. I think it's an advanced auction on stolen goods. Like, uh, politicians, my, this politician is going to give me my things that I want, and he's going to take it even better. If I, if I can't have the things I want because I work hard and I don't take any welfare, I, uh, I, I'm that way, at least he's going to make the, the other side cry. And this is all anybody's voting on anymore is either spoils or the other side's tears. It's sad. All right. Jim Babka, Grace Arkey, or just look up Jim Babka. Watch the videos. Entertaining and educational. Can't go wrong. Jim, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Gary. Uh, all right, and I did. I had you. Uh, glad, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Okay, so i got to ask you something about this, this wasted vote. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole idea of being able to, well, you know what? I should frame that in a better way. Making a moral choice in the voting yeah. booth. Isn't that what yeah. we're talking about here? That's and what I was definitely talking about. Yes. Right. And, and discounting the value of that, I think, is the, is the point. And too often, I think we do discount that value in service to what we think of as a, po- as a power play, right? But the power doesn't really belong. The moral authority doesn't belong to either of the parties we, uh, we tend to elect. You know, you, you kind of raise an interesting point. I, I hadn't really thought about it this way before, but um, there's people create a tension, and that's what this is. This tension's present here that I'm about to describe. Mm-hmm. They create a tension between principle and pragmatism. They act like these things are in tension with each other, and maybe even opposites, right? And I'm arguing that they're not. But you kind of just did the reverse of that. Like, what if the pragmatic act? has absolutely zero value like this is the situation in which and gary by the way is is playing a part to some degree right that's the tension of radio he's right. playing what he calls devil's advocate right yep. so he is on he is playing on the bad side i'm angels i'm the angel spokesman he's the devil's advocate okay right <laughs> so he is positing something that if i vote harder this time it'll make all the difference. I promise this time, this will really work. This time Lucy will let me kick the football. If, if I do that, then, then maybe it'll be better this time, but there's no historical evidence to back up that fact. No. Plus you only get one ballot as you pointed out. Right. So there's this tension between principle and pragmatism, but the irony of this particular situation is that there is no pragmatism whatsoever. It does not enter the equation one bit. It is possible that if you drop a penny in the ocean, you could create a tsunami. But I wouldn't stand there all day if I were trying to make a tsunami by dropping pennies into the ocean. Like that's just, you know what I'm saying? Or quarters yeah. or whatever. Like pick a silver dollar, maybe that'll work better. It's just not going to work. I, I, I would, in fact, I wish I had a better example to think of it off the top of my head. Like there's so many, like I'm going to become a millionaire. I've got a financial plan. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket, right? It might work. Right. It might work, but it's not a sound plan. And I think we all know why it's not a sound plan. I think people who vote can understand why that's not a sound plan. And yet the people who do vote, by and large, do not understand this. I I have a a dear friend that I love uh, very much. And she voted for Gary Johnson in 2016 and Donald Trump won. And she was disappointed by the outcome of that. And she voted Democrat in 2020 because she said I wasted my vote in 2016. And I feel, listen to this, I feel guilty about it. And I said, let me relieve your existential burden. You did not elect Donald Trump. Number one, number one, here's the basics. You didn't vote for him. 
Number two, uh, if you did not decide Ohio, all you had the ability to do was vote in Ohio, to choose electors in Ohio, and Ohio clearly went to Trump. Like you were not the margin of difference there. So you yeah. did not decide that. So that's the point. There's no pragmatic power here. And can we add one more thing? We, we, you know, we could say that no, nobody understands how bad they're being messed up by inflation, by this debt-driven system, right? Yeah. And that they don't really yeah. understand it. They just don't get it. The stuff that I shared in the previous segment, you might, some people watching right now, uh, knowing my audience had some of this knowledge in their head. But the audience I was talking to on Gary's show that morning and the audience I would tend to talk to generally, by and large, most people I would meet would not have all that knowledge in their head. And one way I would know that they don't get it is that they keep voting harder for Republicans. So you're a prophet. What's the end game here? What's the, what's the probability? You know, how do we change this? So, uh, you know, people don't know this. They don't realize that behind this uh, stained glass, we have uh, Grace Archie Labs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'd forgotten about them. Yes, and we the well, the white you coats. know, we we were, you know, uh, we sit down in the, ba in the in the basement of Grace Archie Labs, cooking up future formulations. Right? What are we going to yep. do? What are we going to say? What are we going to cover? I think this is a direction we're going to have to go. Is we're going to have to begin to figure out how to get people out of this debt-based system. I, 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 that's all I can say today, because R and D is hard at work, and we're and 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 they don't have the formulation yet. But you know, but I'm teasing I, this, right? <laughs> yes, I completely get it, and I can't, I, I can't wait to get to it. But we got to make sure we're, in, uh, we're in quality control right now. We're, we're testing the product. Um, I love it. We've got to say something about this. We've got to do something about the debt problem, and the, and, and voting. That approach has been tried for a long time too, and it hasn't made the difference we hoped it was going to make. Uh, in fact, it's been very hard. I'm, I'm disappointed in the American people. Uh, it's been very hard to get them to care about this, to understand what's the doom that they're sealing for themselves. It's been very, very hard. And, you know, I get to a point where I say you can't save everybody. But can we save the people who are awake? Can we have people who are woke on the subject of the debt? Absolutely. I know your journey through Downsize DC and the Zero Aggression Project and the Zero Aggression Principle, sponsor of our show, by the way, zeroaggressionproject.org. This is crucial right now and urgent. And both of those factors have been papered over by the almighty fiat dollar. Whenever it starts to come up, we just print some more and pay everybody off and it goes away for another couple of years. So uh, we here on Gracearchy are here to offer you a ch an alternative, a change, a possibility of something that can get you out. As Jim said, it's an R&D. And I, I would guess, because I know you, that it is a alternative that is full of grace. Has to be. That's a, that's a de facto requirement. And I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, four of the last five Think Tank Thursdays I've been on, we've talked about the debt and we've talked about what's coming. And Gary does more than that on his show. And he almost lays awake at night worrying about this, trying to figure out how can we get through to people? How can we let them know what's coming? And that feeling of being Cassandra, the, you've spoken up, you've said the words, but nobody will listen to you until it's too late. And you know what's coming. 
And, and we can't know the time or the season. We don't know when it's coming. But the cataclysm, there, to me, there's, trem there's, there's tremors. The earthquake is not far off.